Hello friends, this time we have with us a world-renewed neurosurgeon currently professor at Department of Neurosurgery KM Hospital and consultant at Leelawati Global and Nanavati Hospital. He has completed his MCH Neurosurgery from our CHS Medical College and KM Hospital. He has done fellowship in Vascular Neurosurgery at Barrow Neurological Institute, Phoenix, Arizona, USA and Endovascular Neurosurgery Fellowship at Fujita Health University, Nagoya, Japan. He has special interest in brain tumors and spinal surgery. So let's start our interview. Good morning, sir. Myself, Robert, co-chief editor of Aguzum Act 2020. I, uh, today, I will be taking your interview. So, sir, first question. Why did you make medicine your chosen field of a study and career path? What aspects of medicine drew you to be a neurosurgeon? So, just to introduce and add to the introduction, the uh, speciality which I deal with of late is basically in the Western Revolution. And uh, to highlight my main purpose of uh, going into intervascular neurosurgery is stroke, which is the leading cause of disability in the world. But in our country, uh, many people are facing this problem, so I specialize in this uh, and have started a state-of-the-art comprehensive neurovascular unit in neurosurgery department, which is the highlight of my passion and career. Having said so, the first question, as we all know, anybody, the uh, aspiration who we follow is our parents. So, my dad was a general practitioner and uh, obviously I was introduced to medicine and health uh, treatment of patients by his career and his life. He was a, he was a very sincere and dedicated in practice for almost 50 years and he still, uh, he stopped his practice but now uh, he's well hearty and doing very good in spite of being 84. So, he is my hero and I follow him. So that's how I was inspired for medicine. Would you like to share some anecdotes from your UG Medical College days? Yeah, so from the beginning as I was uh, inspired, I was very sincere and dedicated student in my school days, uh, undergraduate days. And during those times it was, uh, it was like when you were finishing the 12th, that is the 12th grades, it was on the merit of 12th you used to get the admissions. So, I lost my uh, BJ Medical College because I was studying in Pune uh, by half mark. So, my contemporary got the admission because uh, there was some additional uh, merit from extracurricular activities. That person got preference only, though we had similar marks in academics. So, that's how I lost my uh, admission there. And those days, there was some 20% government quota which was free in private medical college. So I joined and I got a call from uh, Krishna Institute of Medical Science Karat and I finished my MBBS there. I did my post-graduation there and it was all on merit. Though it was a private medical college, it was all on merit. So it was not a donation or otherwise course. And since then the aspiration of becoming a, a postgraduate as well as a super specialist was, that was the inspiration from Karat days. Anecdotal, what I would like to say is being from a uh, government setup and a mindset, I was a mix or was living there because it was a village sort of a thing. There was no other work except studies. So, when I am practicing today, the message is very clear that your basics have to be very clear. So, today, when I am treating brain patients or any patient, it is important to know that 
you treat the patient as a whole. So if you are studying in your MBBS, you are studying in your post-graduation, the most important key is you have to understand the human body as a whole. Even if you specialize, subspecialize into any of the subspecialities or superspecialities, you have to manage the patient as a whole. It's not that only the brain is a problem or one part and one organ is a problem. So I always tell my students and my colleagues and whoever is doing medicine that the most important thing is your basics should be very clear, right from your anatomy, physiology, biochemistry and rest of the basic sciences. So don't ever uh, neglect these subjects. You have your concrete, if your roots are very strong, you will definitely grow well in life. You trained under Professor Nerobo, father of a Japanese endovascular neurosurgery. How did this training contribute to your skill development? So basically, uh, Professor Nigoro was the senior most neurosurgeon. He is now retired. I was fortunate in 2008 to one of our colleague neurosurgeons from Japan who introduced me to him. And with great difficulty, he accepted me as a fellow from outside country because it was only for Japanese people they used to uh, give the fellowships for intervention. And uh, luckily, the neurosurgeons all in Japan do endovascular neurosurgery. As against rest of the world like Europe and uh, many other parts of the world, the radiologists do uh, interventions. So here, the neuro intervention in Japan is done by neurosurgeons. So that was a good inspiration uh, looking way forward for me. And I joined them, they accepted me and I was really fortunate to watch him do the inter interventions very skillfully. Secondly, the most important thing was the devices in Japan, they come at a little later date. Suppose there is a new invention, the Japanese uh, authorities, FDA and all, are very strict in giving permission to the newer devices. So we used to work on the devices which are age-old. Technologically advances was there because Japan, you know, the imaging, the CT scan, the machine, the angiography suits were fantastic. So the technology was very good, but the devices were well tested and then utilized on the patient. So that added to my skills because on a previous, uh, what you call, uh, type of devices, not the advanced ones, we used to work, we used to treat patients and it was really a most important part of my basics in neurointervention, which made me today a very confident neuroendovascular neurosurgeon. Your first operation as a neurosurgeon must be distinguished memory. Could you tell us more about that day? Yeah, so it was like I remember uh, in 2002 I joined this uh, institute as a resident in neurosurgery. And uh, once we, so it's the protocol is that in the second year of your neurosurgery, you plan and we treat the patients in the periphery of the uh, hospital. That means the neurosurgery department has elective patients, means we do complex operations. While the trauma patients, which are coming as an emergency, they are managed by the general surgery department. Now, these general surgery department admit the patient, but the surgeries are done by our department, neurosurgery department. So it's the second year student or the second year uh, uh, what we call promoted person who will take the, that those times I remember 2004, uh, 3 and 4, it was pager system. Those that mobiles were not there. So we used to have pages and I first did the uh, call. I remember it was Sunday morning and uh, there were almost uh, 26 calls. And out of that, uh, I was supposed to operate seven surgeries from morning till next day morning. So it was not the first 
surgery. It was multiple surgeries on the first day of my uh, neurosurgery career. And it was really a tiring day because lots of calls, lots of serious patients to manage. And uh, we were uh, exposed to them uh, to manage these patients single-handedly. So I operated these patients down where there were lots of issues regarding the uh, equipment and all because it's a general surgery theater managed by neurosurgery or brain emergency. So we got to handle those things. I upgraded some parts of uh, the theater there, like got trees and all those things. Then I've experienced some difficulties and uh, it, also the drill system and all those things, which are basic things which we need to begin with as a basic surgery. So that's how it was like, I remember still seven surgeries for the first day I operated. For 24 hours I was just operating and that, should, that was the, you know, a good experience because I love operating and treating patients and giving good results. Regarding white neck palpitation and aneurysm using newly FDA approved web device, what apprehensions did patients share for being first in the country in what way we did this operation impact your career and life at large? Uh, I was, uh, I'm specialized as a in neurosurgery, the intervascular neurosurgery that you can simulate is as a neuro interventions. Now these uh, procedures are nothing but, right, as we do angiography from the heart, I do it from the same thigh and go to the brain and treat problems. So initially these problems were treated by open surgeries. The majority of these vascular problems, like you have brain hemorrhage, you have strokes, you have some AVMs, then you have aneurysms, there are stentings like we do for heart, I do it for brain. These were the uh, pathologies which we treat in our uh, updated lab, which was installed in 2018 by the uh, by Honorable Chief Minister Udoji. Uh, that time he was the President of SENA and he came and uh, we were fortunate that he inaugurated this uh, unit and handed over to the public. Now, having said so, my aim always is to, my passion is always to uh, serve the poor and give them the best of the treatment. Updated, latest, though it is, they are not affording because I have learned from them. It's my duty to really, I have become, I have become skillful because of, I operated on these patients. So it's my duty to, I owe my skills to them. So whatever best I can do from uh, the government, the BMC part and uh, treating and giving them the benefit of the latest technology. That's my goal. Now, how did this happen then? In 2019, we inaugurated this machine. 2018, sorry. 2019, June, I organized a national level conference in KM and at IR. So this was organized uh, by me and my colleagues in Mumbai. And it was a national level conference and there were international delegates from all over the world who are pioneers in new intervention. So one of the leading and the topmost interventionists called Jack Morey, he was... Uh, kind enough to accept our invitation and to show some life surgery. So simultaneously during those times, uh, this device was approved by Indian FDA, the web device. So he was happy to come and do some cases and demonstrate in our cath lab. So that he did and obviously the poor patients were benefiting because this device cost very high, some 8, 9 lakh rupees, which was given free to these three four patients which we operated. And this device is specially meant for complex aneurysm which are in bifurcation. Now, bifurcation means the aneurysm have wide neck and there are normal vessels which are supplying the brain. Now, this aneurysm is the, it's like a bomb which can rupture and cause uh, life-threatening problems. Brain hemorrhage or it can be life-threatening. Now, these aneurysm, to prevent them from rupture, uh, we earlier used to quiet those, leave a part of the neck and all, and the parent vessel has to be saved. 
it should not be having any problems otherwise the patient will develop stroke now having advancement in this device so bifurcation was always a challenging bifurcation aneurysms were always a challenging situation so we have to preserve the normal vision and occlude the aneurysm that's the basic Having that said, so this was the device which was introduced, FDA was approved, so he was kind enough to introduce in this, so we published this, it was in the newspaper and all over the news, it added definitely to the, you know, forte of our hospital, our center, our department, GS Medical College, because the world renowned pioneer who started neurointervention in the world came and did surgeries, and that's how uh, it was really a fortunate and it was a very memorable historical event for all of us in KM. And we did the conference very successfully. It was for three days, one day for life surgery and two days for academic discussion. And it was really uh, knowledge sharing. The theme was uh, techniques and technology, uh, recent advances. That's how we introduced the new technology to the world, to our patients and the rest of the state also. So after that, we got a very huge applaud for uh, limelight from our, our state and rest of the country for stroke center because in public hospital there is hardly any stroke center which does uh, novel treatment like on this angiography when somebody has a blockage stroke, ischemic stroke where there is a clot in the vessel and there is no distant flow, this ischemic stroke is more common than the hemorrhagic stroke. These strokes are treated at a particular time within a golden window period. If you open up the vessel and restart the circulation, patient can be saved from disability. This was viral all over the country, state and world in fact and we got lots of response from this patient. And the awareness of stroke, the timely treatment is very important. Now that golden window period for intervention for acute ischemic stroke is up to 24 hours. So if patients come to us within first 24 hours of large vessel strokes, large vessel blockages in the brain, we can go in on this machine and we remove the clot by a procedure called as mechanical thrombectomy and that is benefiting to the population at large because Nobody is doing these procedures outside and in private it is very expensive. So that's how we introduced that mechanical thermometer and that's become very, very popular. And we have treated almost uh, 700 patients since the introduction of this uh, uh, technology and availability of this machine. How has introduction of a biplane, DAC neuro machine in advanced stroke center in KM hospital has impacted lives of a patient suffering from stroke? I think that this introduction and availability of this biplane. So the important thing is time. Time is brain what we say. And acute ischemic stroke, as I just mentioned, it's a stroke where there is blockage or a clot or a thrombus in an artery. And distally there is no circulation to the brain and the brain starts dying. The brain cells start, start dying. And there is usually brain do not survive without oxygen as well as blood. So having said so, this is the problem which, uh, uh, which, which, which uh, can <coughs> cause lifetime disability lifetime disability and that's how we can give treatment in time that's our mission that's our centers uh, what we call forte that we are doing treatment for all these patients even at night in this patient i come and do this stomach to me and all and we have a team which is working very hard to treat this patient who coming golden in the now just to introduce and just to elaborate a little bit what is an acute ischemic stroke and why this time is important so the current guidelines in 2018, the American Stroke Association and Heart Association have given some guidelines after some trials. And these two trials, like Down and Diffuse trials, which are very important, will decide the time period of treatment. So a person who develops symptoms of acute ischemic stroke, like paralysis, facial asymmetry, one-sided weakness, 
and speech disturbances what we call face arm and speech this triad if it is there and somebody develops this symptom immediately they have to rush to a center which is stroke ready which is, which has mri or ct scan and which has facility to give uh, injection within the first 4 and 1/2 hours that is a thrombolysis injection if there is a blockage to and then intervention as we have introduced and made it available for all the poor and every strata of our society that we can do intervention do the mechanical thrombectomy procedure remove the thrombus mechanically by doing an angiography on our newly introduced biplane lab and give benefits within time so if we do in time the patient can become normal otherwise they are left with disability for lifetime so this is the golden window period i always uh, request and uh, give a message to the society everybody the healthcare workers that please if you see suspicions within time uh, that from the onset of symptom we should refer this patient to our center so that they are given how is your specialty endovascular approach different from the traditional neurosurgery so as we know brain is the supreme uh, in our body it is a very supreme organ it has uh, memory speech and the control whole of body having said so the technological development in the traditional neurosurgery for example vascular neurosurgery which i am dealing with offline is earlier we used to do clipping for difficult aneurysm complex aneurysm and the clipping technology has not significantly uh, modified or advanced as compared to the other technology of intervention so today world we talk of surgery minimally invasive surgery we don't want maximum invasive that means we do a craniotomy go in do clipping and uh, there are lots of side effects there are lots of issues the morbidity is high when we do an open operation similarly when we see parallelly the advances in endovascular neurosurgery there is lots of advances every day happening so these tools which are rapidly developing gives us better results better outcomes and less mortality and morbidity so they are more safer i would not criticize clipping as such or open operation or traditional because we have learned i do that even today in select patients where it is indicated but the preference goes to the technological advances because patients demand of it because of the awareness of on the net they are aware of what is intervention what is coiling and clipping they always prefer that they don't want an open operation without operation from angiography from the thigh or the groin we go and do this procedure there is no scar there is no invasion and these techniques new technological tools which are available we make use of them and do a good operation same uh, problems are dealt with In, with this new technology which uh, is always better and people also prefer so minimally invasive is what is uh, the key today and that's how the traditional values of open surgery is little going on especially when we are talking of intervention or vascular neurosurgery how did you react to highly stressful situations or did effectively with personal stress in your job as a doctor is especially in the neurosciences Uh, it's a challenging job outcomes are very very important depending on your skills so everybody is watching your results so there is always a professional stress having said so you have to balance but this is a very demanding field your time is very very important you need to really very, uh, dedicate yourself your life to this neuroscience because as we know brain is a complex organ and we need really a complex approach to every patient so you have to give time you have to give you have to be dedicated only the skills is not important but post operative care all these small things rehabilitation everything does matter 
So it's a holistic approach which is very very important. We have to have a good team. We have to have a good support from the hospital institute, from the uh, infrastructure, and that additionally is an important task to deal with, especially in a high volume center and especially in a public hospital. So that stress you have to combat, you have to overcome, and you have to do more better job than you do in private because the other factors are not in your control. Having said so, you do a good job, good surgery. If there is no good post-operative care, your results are not good. So we don't want to happen that. That's how our stress is there. So we, because we are stressed, we are bothered. We are caring about this patient. We have additional stress on this. We have to deal with it. We learn with it. We learn with our day-to-day exposure, and we combat it. Having said so, my uh, way of handling stress is I always uh, keep a balance between. My physical fitness, doing some exercises, yoga, meditation, and that's how you can really overcome the stress. So you have to balance your life, dedicate yourself to the neurosciences, your profession. That's the first thing. But parallelly, you have to have time for yourself. Otherwise, it's difficult to uh, manage stress, and then you can really it can affect your results. If not neurosurgery, what would have been your field of expertise today? Yeah. So frankly speaking, I think so. Uh, as I had said in the beginning, I was always Uh, inclined to become a doctor because of my father's inspiration, and uh, I never thought of uh, having a parallel field. Now I said in the beginning that I lost my admission because of one mark uh, for my MBBS in PG in a government hospital. So that time, those days, I had to keep all like uh, uh, science as well as engineering options. So luckily, or unfortunately, or fortunately, I would say I got more marks in. The engineering side, so I got an admission in the best seat in College of Engineering, Pune. Uh, that those days computer science was the top, so I was first in that, and I took admission. But I was never happy going with the flow engineering because that was never my forte. So after two months, I got a call from uh, my Perak uh, Institute as a uh, what do you call the twenty percent job in Pune. I joined there late uh, as a regular thing, and I left engineering, and that's how. Medicine and being into health was my always a dream. What will be your advice for medical students in our college and aspiring neurosurgeon? To uh, look forward as students, I my uh, humble and sincere advice would be: see today's uh, world, there is lots of technological and uh, internet access, uh, which is giving you lots of information. That has A little bit drifted our approach towards uh, impractical way. For for example, the expertise and experience when you are dealing with a patient, it has to be you have to have a real time uh, experience. So when you are studying from your first year, B.S., second year, third year, when you go towards the clinical side of that, don't neglect your clinical expertise. Don't neglect your clinical acumen, examination of the patient, history taking, and all those things. It cannot be. I I'm sure medicine cannot be learned from sitting at home and in libraries. It has to be with the patients. So you, we all should get ourselves exposed to the patient, learn from the patient. Every patient is a teacher, and don't substitute it with artificial intelligence or sitting it with a laptop or the technology. It is not going to be the future. So learning from the patients. That's my message. You have to deal, treat the patients practically. Learn from the patients when you are studying, and uh, be sincere, be dedicated. Uh, don't have shortcuts in life while you are, because it's a human life. 
we are dealing with humans, there is no much margin for error. So if you have your good basics, you have a good approach, if you are dedicated, sincere, there is no, you should not leave much scope for errors. And that's how you will succeed. And that's the way your approach should be. And that's my message to the uh, students. For aspiring neurosurgeons, definitely, uh, as I said, it's a very challenging subject. It's a dedicated life. It's a, a very hard working. You have to give too much time. You have to compromise on your personal life many a times. But if you are willing to do that, you should go ahead and do this field sincerely. And if you are hard working, sincere, definitely you will uh, flourish in the life. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir, for the interview and giving us your time from your busy schedule.